Hello, welcome back to Struggling with the Bums. Uh, today we got another interview. Um, should be our technically our second interview, although we've had special guests before. Uh, so with that, that being said, we're bringing on a cousin of the Bums, uh, Taylor. Uh, he's my cousin, um, and yeah, figured to bring him on. He's got some great stories. Uh, been through the shit, you know. He's been a bum before for sure. So Taylor, you want to say hi? Yeah, hi. My name's uh, Taylor Wesson. I'm uh, 29. I'm Eddie's cousin. First and foremost, I want to say thanks for having me on, guys. And, and what you guys are doing is awesome for, for guys your age to, to be able to talk about this kind of stuff. You know, I'm sure even if it just touches one person, you know what I mean? It's, it's getting the message out there, and it's, it's awesome. So definitely behind it. Yeah, well, so- Taylor, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Eddie. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, I'm from a small town in Oklahoma. What was it like? Cause you're, cause you're from LA. You grew up in the nineties to my understanding from what Eddie's told me. I want to know what it was like to grow up in LA. I've been to San Diego a couple of times to visit family and it was fucking awesome. Every time I was like, what am I doing in Oklahoma? That, but I want to know what it was like kind of grow up in LA. Yeah. Um, so I, I spent about, till I was about seven years old in LA, but we did, we did travel down there a lot. We, uh, we ended up more in the Bay area near San Jose. Um, but I will tell you that, you know, I, Eddie's, uh, grandfather who passed away and grandmother, they used to have a house in Downey, Los Angeles, and that's where all the cousins would meet up, you know what I mean? And and everyone get together there and, you know, it was a beautiful area, but you know, LA is just in general, is just congested and you go over city over, you might be into some, something you don't want to get into. So. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. When we, when I went to the Rose Bowl, I think it was the first time I was actually in like downtown LA. I accidentally drove through one. I wanted to see USC really badly. And I didn't know that USC is right next to, is it, is it Crenshaw or is it? Yeah. yeah Crenshaw, yeah. which is not the best neighborhood. It's South course, Central. South Central. Yeah. Drove right through South Central. I was like so confused because everyone I had met, they were like, USC is awesome. No one had told me that, you know, South Central was just right there. That was an experience for sure. Yeah. I but, think, um, uh, the, the, I think the coolest thing about USC, because going there, the university itself, like, it's obviously bigger than Oregon, but it's like a mini city. That's why it's so nice. It's just, you don't, you don't, don't venture, you don't venture close out. You got to go out, out. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. For sure. But, so, something I'm curious about, and I, maybe I'm just asking all the questions. I, I know you, so... I, the first person we interviewed, he was a Marine and kind of talked about that. He's a buddy of mine. But I'm kind of curious, since you're a little bit older than us, you know, I think what, what like, prompted you to join the Air Force? Was it more of, like, a post-9-11 thing? Was it more of, like, just, you know, something that ran in the family? I mean, I'm kind of curious what, like, pushed you into that. Yeah, yeah. And I will say your, um, your buddy John, that awesome interview, and good for that dude, man. He did his time, and now he's – you know, get his education. That's exactly what I'm doing. Get his time back. You know what I mean? He put his time in and, you know, so first and foremost, good for him. And that was a great interview. He did a good job with that. Um, for me, I feel like growing up, um, I had, I always was watching like Gladiator and The Patriot. Those were like two of my favorite movies. I would watch those like three or four times a week. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, the 9-11 thing happened and I felt like I was just always told, not in like a, you're a, you're a mess up kind of way, but 
but my father always instilled like, hey, we don't have time for you doing what you want to do. Like, if you're, if you're anytime a day over 18, if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, you're gone. You know what I mean? So I had it in me real quick. Like, if, and I was, I wasn't the best student in high school. I, I had no aspirations to go to college. You know what I mean? I was just partying and I didn't worry about it. You know what I mean? So by the time I, I was a senior and I'm halfway through, I'm like, okay, well, it's about that time. You know what I mean? I got to do what I got to do. So that's, that's for the reason I got into it. And I, I mean, I was fairly patriotic as well. You know what I mean? So. Interesting. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I went through, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say Taylor, I mean, like, I know you definitely, you still have some like patriotic sense of duty for sure, dude. Um, I remember when you came back from basic, I think I was like, damn, this is, <laughs> yeah, man, that was sick to be honest to see you come back for sure. Um, I know it wasn't super easy, but I mean, if you want to share a little bit about being deployed, man, uh, let us know what that was like, maybe. Because I know uh, John John talked about that a little bit as well, for sure, if you want to say. Actually, yeah, Bryce. before we get that far, I'd like to know, so you're security forces, to my understanding. Is that is it like how it is with OSET, where it's a straight pipeline? Like, you go straight from basic to your next school, or did you, like, go from basic, go home, and then go to, like, your AIT? training no so so i was uh i was active duty so we went we went from the day you graduate basic it's like straight on to your to your your, your next uh your tech school aic whatever you want to call it yeah and okay. um, it was it was right on the same base um it was like literally like right next to where i went to be at basic training so we just walked you know what i mean yeah and that's san antonio right that's where the air force does their basic training yeah, okay. San Antonio. And I, I happened to go. So when I went to basic training, I went August 4th, 2009. And oh, shit. Black black every day. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, back when it was hard and hot. You know what I mean? It's Texas I, summers. They, they ain't playing that. Yeah, I, I don't. Eddie and they know, they don't they don't know. But like, you meet any veteran, I think after like maybe 2015, maybe even earlier, they're like, back in my day, it was hard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so funny. I, you know, because everyone not to, well, the Air Force, you know, people say is the easiest out of the five or six branches now to go through. But I've heard security force is pretty high speed. When I went through uh, OSET in 2015, I actually went through with a couple of security force guys, and they were some of our top. Like they were keeping up. We had a former, we had a couple of former uh, Marine infantry guys that came through too, and the security guys were at some points outdoing them and i was like blown away at like they were all like e5s probably the most squared away guys they were actually going for uh to go be green braids and stuff but i was just i was blown away by how like impressive all of those guys were is, is that is it really like we're like kind of the infantry or the grunt of the air force and so we have to maintain this higher standard type thing yeah you know what i think it's the, the career field you could either you could come across some real real shit bags or you come across some real high speed guys and it was just kind of that was the spectrum you know what i mean you were either you would find a guy that was somewhat squared away or you find a complete shit bag and that's what heard about being in that career field was like you were always being misrepresented by you know you're sitting there working your butt off but then someone does the wrong thing and then they have a, like we were the cop squadron right we're supposed to be mps but we get the DUIs, you know what I mean? So it's like, how, how does that work? You know what I mean? So yeah, something like that, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like. Cool, cool. 
And yeah. last last question before we get to your point. Within your security force, did you were you like a dog handler or is there any more like what was your actual role within the security forces? So I was just a they called it like a security forces journeyman, but I ended up working uh it's kind of like a um so you would do like the, the base I was at, it's hard to explain, I'm sorry. The base I was yeah, at, we, we we would shoot off um like missile defense type stuff. So we would have a lot of sensors on these like um, on these missile sites. So I would be in like a control center and I'd be dispatching guys out to alarms. And, and most of the time, obviously it's gonna be wind or nuisance alarms, but you know what I mean? Most of the okay. time we got our bones, we got our bones overseas. You know what I mean? Around here, around stateside, we were just kind of training. And Yeah, <clears throat> that's, that's kind of the gist I've heard from everyone I know in all military branch. Stateside is not, Garrison is not, anyone's favorite really last question just because i know i have a ton of bullshit stories from basic trade do you have any like you know any one good story that kind of stands out from maybe like going through basic or even ait because i feel like a lot of interesting stuff happens in just that whole process oh from, man, yeah. from life. and you and you know too man it's um i feel like i feel like you're gonna get a whole bunch of like when you go to basic training, you're gonna like like how it is. You're gonna get guys that are like 18 year olds who have never left their mom's house to like 30 year olds who are trying to find themselves. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, craziest uh, probably. So it's kind of funny. I'm not trying to waste all the time, but our my instructor, basic training instructor, he was actually prosecuted for doing like horrible shit, not just to our flight, but other flights, and. Uh, one time he just got pissed and he was like, everyone in the shower now. So we're like, Hell, you know what I mean? 60 dudes. So we're like, we didn't even ask. We just all get in the shower. So he's all, all right, strip though. Get So we all strip. Turn the lights off. He's off. Everyone put one finger on that back wall. You know what I mean? And so it's a bunch of dudes trying to hold, you know what I mean? Hold their junk yeah, man, yeah. touch the wall. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So weird yeah. stuff. Just weird stuff. Yeah. They're- Nothing like that. Oh, go ahead, Eddie. I was gonna say, Taylor, what about the uh, the Kellogg story? Oh, dude, just real quick, you gotta say that one. You gotta say that one. That was oh. that was in tears. I'm trying to think of his name. What was his name? Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, oh. His name was Kellogg. That's right. I had a guy in basic training. His name was Trainee Kellogg. So you know how it is when they come and do their their inspections on their uniforms. You know what I mean? You got strings oh, yeah. or anything. You know, Bryce. Yeah, you're gonna have that ass, you know what I mean? So, oh man, I, I, yeah. The guy comes up to Kellogg and he's like, Kellogg's looking all sorts of. He's up, all fucked you know up. I mean? oh, oh yeah, man. He, oh. he's like a bag of ass. So, he starts asking Kellogg chain of command questions, and Kellogg's like <laughs> stuttering and he's nervous, you know what I mean? And everyone's like feeling for the dude, you know what I mean? So then he said, Kellogg, who is your who was the captain in your chain of command? And he said that, so he had gone through a couple of questions, got him wrong. He asked him, who was the captain in your chain of command? And he actually said our captain, our commanding officer's name. Well, he, the smart ass fucking drill instructor was like, no, it's Captain Crunch. And then took off on him, you know what I mean? Or not Captain, he, I can't think of the story now, but it's, it's been like I, 10 years, but it was yeah, something like that. Where I'm, <laughs> I think it was Captain Crunch, and then he was like, and who's your superior officer or something like that? Who's like in command of General Mills? General Mills, that's what it was. These dudes sit on this shit for years, you know what I mean? And just that that kind of reminds me, you know, we were tying nods and 
You know, you can't have those too long. Do you ever use MVGs? I'm sure you did in security court. Yeah, I oh, think yeah. everyone did. Oh, yeah. But we had one guy, he got a sharp. We, our drill sergeant was the sharp drill sergeant for the entire uh, company. And basically, this dude was the worst. He was making all the sexual jokes. But, yeah, one time he was, like, checking the string length on our nods. And he was like, <laughs> this one's too long. And some guy, some, like, specials was like, that's what she said. <laughs> We got um, destroyed, but it was, you know, oh, when you're yeah. in, like, that beginning phase and you're, like, scared kind of shitless the entire time, the dumbest um, joke may just completely, like, wreck you. And everyone just broke. You know, we're at the position of tension, which you're not supposed to do shit when you're doing that. We just, oh, man, I totally understand. Like, shit hits yeah. different, honestly. Um, but, yeah, so the pl- transition to deployment. Um, yeah, how was that? Yeah, so... Um, so I got in, uh, like I said, I got in August, 2009, fast forward to like, uh, February, 2011. So it was quick. I hit my base, got some training in, and then it was like, boom, you're going to Bagram, you know what I mean? So I ended up going to Bagram, Afghanistan. We had a team of about 50 and they kind of, right when we touched down, they kind of tripped and processed us and split us all 50 of us up, you know what I mean? Put four in this section, four in that section. And uh, mostly what we did was um, base defense type stuff. We were in the search pits. We were in the vehicle oh, search yeah. pits. We were in, we were in the towers. We were doing, uh, we were doing outside the little outside the wire stuff. QRF, you know what I mean? Ooh. Um, oh shit! But I mean, I mean, I was it. So when we got there in February, we stepped off. It was snowing. It was probably about two feet of snow. So we're like, what are we gonna do here? You know what I mean? But. It melted quick by March. We were kick, it was kicking off, you know what I mean? So, yeah. So 2011, shit. Yeah, because because I I had some buddies that were in the Marines in 2012, and they were telling me shit. We got kind of real in 2012. So I imagine 2011 was pretty pretty hairy itself. But interesting. Yeah, it was. It was. It definitely was. I mean, and it was. Uh, I worked. I worked like the night shift, and it was all the time, man. It was like. They didn't, they didn't have the, uh, I don't even know what those are called. That's, they were just getting them where they kind of shoot down the, the mortars, the IDFs that were coming in. Oh, uh, yeah. They didn't oh, have that is that it, so we were, yeah, my bad. No, they sorry. have the, those curtains where they kind of shoot up and they shoot down IDFs and, and they, they didn't have those. They were just starting to put those at Bagram and those are the coolest things. Ever. Is it like so the, you, you guys taking like incoming? Like legit incoming fucking mortars and rockets and shit. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. oh Every, like fuck. All, all day long. That was like nothing. IDS were. IDS oh. were like nothing. Man. We we were God. like just just don't hit and me and you know what I mean. But. Jesus Christ, man, Eddie, that's like the dodgeball fucking reference. You dodge a wrench, you can dodge fucking nah. Dodging nah, fucking rockets and mortars, fucking. Man. That's, yeah, no, it's, that's insane. it's a time, dude. I, you know, Taylor, I want so. I know that was that was tough on us when you went. Um, I mean, what was it like getting back, dude, and trying to like readjust? Because I think, you know, as we always talk about, you know, we're struggling with the bums, right? Like, what was it like trying to like get back and, and like trying to struggle to to gain some traction when you came back? Um, you know what? That whole the whole process. Um, it really, I was young, man. I was like 19, just like, just like your boy, Bryce, you know what I mean? The same, same thing. And when you're 19 years old, I think you're just, you're gung ho 
and and you look at your leadership and you just want to go 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 you, you ask questions later you know what i mean if they're like hey i need you to work 27 hours you know what i mean you're like whatever let's let's rock it you know what i mean but for sure when i got back uh what the toughest thing for me was um I had like this sense of entitlement almost. And it wasn't that I was like better than anyone, but it's just when I got back to my boys who weren't doing shit with their lives, it was like, man, I, I've already, I've been kicking with, kicking it with some crazy mofos, you know what I mean? See some shit, so. <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, but, I don't think, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go, ahead. go ahead, go ahead, bro. I was gonna say, I, I told Eddie and Dale this multiple times, you know, when I came back from basic training, I thought I was high, hot shit, you know, I just got done throwing hand grenades and shooting, you know, LMGs like a month before I met them. And I felt like I was a dick when I first met them for a long time. Like it took me a while to realize I was not shit, you know, kind of re-humbled myself. So I, yeah, I can get that. For sure. And and one thing I will say is, um, is you guys have mentioned it a lot is when I was going through, man, I mean, halfway through my, my, my term. So like I did six years. They had just gotten rid of don't ask don't tell um you know which is which was a big step because because i felt like hey man if, if this guy's gay who gives a shit? If, let him serve his country you know what i mean if, if he's if he wants to, or or woman you know what i mean they want to serve their country what it is but i feel like there was always a stigma around talking about your feelings and i feel like it's just awesome nowadays you know what i mean because i know guys that stone cold killers and they just they would never talk about nothing it's like you gotta feel something man yeah, I mean, maybe after this, I can tell some more in-depth stories about some of that stuff I've seen. I don't want to get too into details about some of it, but I yeah. look not to make this about myself, but I just feel like my basic training, like you, it was interesting that you brought up that that happened in your flight because looking back at my own basic training experience, like a lot of shit went down, like that. It's like, how is that even okay? Like I, like I almost got shot in the face by a guy. And that was a whole experience, and it was just like, what the, like, what? But yeah, yeah. and it feels uh, like, and it feels, it feels like no one has. You really don't have like much of a say. What you say, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, and like for me, that was like I was like, you know, barely eighteen. That was a really emotional experience for me. I thought I was gonna die. Like, yeah, you know, I was looking down this barrel, and like, everyone was like, "Don't be a pussy," and that was like the end of it. It was like literally like ten minutes to go do whatever you need to do. And then get back to it. And then I was like, I'm, sh you know what I mean? Like internally, I'm shook. But, you know, in those situations, there's nothing yeah. you can really do. But, oh, sure. But yeah. So, did, so what'd you do like after <clears throat> you got out? I mean, did you go to school? I mean, what was next for you? Uh, so, when I, when I left the uh, Air Force, I was, I was uh, in a relationship with a girl that was li living at, around the place where I was stationed at the time. Um, so we kind of wanted to, you know, keep our relationship where most people go home. You know how it is. If you're, especially if you're not from that local area, you're going home. You know what I mean? So um, I decided to stick around that area, try to make it work. You know what I mean? We were, we were doing good at the time. Um, there's a federal correctional complex right next to the base I was stationed at when I separated and it has a, a penitentiary, a low security, and two federal prison camps. Now, penitentiary is where guys that are doing life 30 plus years, I mean, these guys are not fucking playing around. You know what I mean? These guys are not fucking around. Then you got yeah. the low security where 
it's either lifers that are kind of working their way down and it's mostly just bitch made ass motherfuckers you know what i mean more your white collar camps no 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 not so much they're they're <clears throat> just shit that i mean they even had child molesters there you know what i mean they, they let oh, child molesters walk there, which is horrible <laughs> you know what i mean so you've got to figure for me for me i was working from uh, most of the time i spent at the penitentiary and then some once in a while it's a complex you work the whole thing so i would go down to the low working overtime or something and then a chomo would come up and ask me something i'm like i got nothing coming for me dog you know what i mean you're lucky i don't you're lucky i don't kill your ass up in this spot asking a question you know what i mean but dude, <clears throat> dude. yeah so yeah prisons i've watched a ton on prisons i'm by no means an expert but they they seem to be one of the craziest social experiments, I would call it, like ever in human, like, like it, like everything I watch, I, I'm just like blown away by how the society inside the prison works. Can you like talk about that more in depthly? Like, it's different. It's like, you might die over like half a cigarette, if that's even the thing. So, yeah. So, so, and that's great, man. You definitely you know what you're talking about because most people have no idea they just think these guys go to prison and then it's like it's over you know what i mean they're just gonna sit in a cage but it's not like that you know what i mean these guys the prison gives them you know as long as you're in the general population because they have a special housing unit for the guys that mess up in prison but as long as you're doing your thing and you're programming or laying low you can go to the prison yard they have you know they have religious services they have you know all these activities for you to do um but the craziest thing is inside the little housing units. That's that's where I would work, you know, as a correctional officer. You would oh, see wow. guys, really? You would see guys, man, and it's, it's like a little, you know, you have guys that have their hustle where they would, you know, this guy sell, has a store or this guy does tattoos or this guy cuts hair, you know what I mean? Crazy. That's insane. I mean, I think, <clears throat> I think one of the coolest things that we try to do, obviously, as you kind of mentioned, is talk about certain things. I think... You know, one of our episodes, we talked about more crime than anything else. And then briefly talked about, you know, prison. And it was just kind of like, you know, there's no shot. Prison actually does what we say it does, right? Like, it's just, it's not it, man. Um, and I and I know <clears throat> you probably have more to say, Taylor, but like, we had uh, Damon West, Bryce. You, were you there for that? Uh, Come talk maybe. to the Oregon football team. Uh, I didn't get to, I didn't, we weren't oh, allowed. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. Now, he came in, and he went to prison in Texas for robbery and theft, and he was just, like, one of his first, like, he asked this guy before, that was a lifer, like, going in there, and he was like, yo, what do I need to do to, like, you know, basically keep my sanity, like, to just be, you know, okay, and then no one would be right. He's like, First day you're in there, man, you gotta, or first couple of days, you gotta like show people that they don't mess with you basically. Otherwise, you know, if you join a gang or something like that, like you're just putting yourself on a terrible path. I mean, and he talked about <clears throat> this guy backed him in like the showers and he was able to beat him. And after that, they're like, yeah, we're not messing with this guy anymore. And I was just like, dude, that's just like, I don't know, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah dude, like, <clears throat> everything I see from like prison, it's, it's like, if you're a lifer, it's, I've heard it's almost easier because it's, it, you know, you're more able to accept it versus the guy that goes in there for three to five years and, and is like, well, I'm trying to, you know, I want to fully become indoctrinated in this. 
I don't know if that's like true or not, but that's something I've heard. Like, in a way, I'm curious, Taylor. Like, if oh, from yeah, your experience no, dealing with, you know, oh, people in there. Trust me, dude. and that's why a lot of good counselors is what they'll do is they'll try to put all the lifers together. Try to put one housing unit specifically for lifers because these dudes, especially if you're a white dude, yeah, white dudes have no. I'll, I'll just use them specifically. No numbers. Say you're just a white dude. You get caught slipping. You go to a federal penitentiary. You're just a white dude. You're trying to do your time. You got three years, right? You're not doing your time like that because you're either going to do it in the special housing unit where you're locked down 24-7 pretty much. Or if you're going to do it on the main line, they're going to make you put in their, their work for them. You know what I mean? And the thing is, the thing is with the white, with those cars that you run with these white, you know, you're taking, you're, the people that are dictating the calls are guys that are using dope. You know what I mean? So they're not trustworthy at all. You know what I mean? Crazy. Yeah, I heard this. Wow. I do want to ask, um, as far as like prison guards are concerned, because there's like, this is one guy, I don't know him personally, but like I've heard him share some stories about being a prison guard and he was working over in Pennsylvania. Um, and he, he left it finally because he's like, I can't like do this anymore. And I know you've talked about breathing. Is it Allenwood? No, it's someone, it's someone like minor. It, it like someone, uh, he just happens to be a Raider fan. That's kind of why I know him. Uh, which we'll get into sports later. I, I definitely want to with you, man. But um, I mean, do you think like, like people that work in prison, do you think someone would get like enough help? You know what I mean? Like, like mentally, like everything, you know? I'll, I'll tell you this right now, man. I worked with, and the reason I got the job is because they knew I was a, a, a audibly, you know, honorably discharged veteran, hard charging, you know what I mean? And they could tell me, and most of these guys that I looked up to were prior service guys, you know what I mean? So it was almost like being in the military, you just got to grow a beard. And, but if these guys told you, and at the same time too, bro, you got to think about it. We were heavily outnumbered working there. So the guards, can ne- we can never show any weakness. If a guy, like, if you told a guy, hey, man, let's go, and he was like, fuck you, you better get down on that floor. Or, I mean, you know what I mean? You better, you better get down right there and, and tell him, hey, you better come or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. But so I'm kind of curious. Um, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, bro. Go ahead. I was gonna say, did you like? Because like I'm taking like martial arts. You know, did you like kind of take any martial? Did you? You have to know how to fight to be a prison guard, and like I feel like you have to. You've got to know how to beat ass if need be. Like yeah, like I said, I mean, I, I, like I said, I've taken martial arts before, and, and but you know, briefly, but. uh the thing that kind of got me through it was just being fucking down and crazy. You know what I mean? I was a big dude. I've always known how to fight. I wrestled a little bit, but I was just always down and crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. For, for those of you that don't know, and this goes for our audience and for you too, he's, oh, well, Bryce, you saw him in person, but I mean, he's yeah, like, I, say, I know you're not a small foot, guy. Like, yeah, yeah, he's not a small guy. So I'm a, I'm a big fat motherfucker, man. <laughs> <laughs> I used yeah, to be in good shape. I'm a big fat fuck now, but. No, man, it's all good. Um, you got another question, Bryce? I just, I like, whatever you want to share, but I was open to hear, like, one kind of crazy story because I feel like you probably see, I feel like, honestly, you'll see more shit in prison now than you would on a regular deployment deployment today. Oh. And I, and I just, I feel like you just probably see more shit in prison than you did in your time in the service. And I'm just hoping to hear yeah. that so, fucking story. So what? So when I first got there, um, I, I met up with a lot of like 
most of my homies were Marine Corps O3 guys, you know what I mean? Infantry oh, guys, shit. machine gunners. I mean, just crazy motherfuckers, you know what I mean? And <laughs> so there was actually one incident that I was kind of contemplate whether I would tell it or not because I, I haven't really told anybody this story. And it's it really is. It's I If you know me, you know I don't talk about this shit a lot. So when I do, it's just because I, I feel like maybe it'll help somebody else in some sort of way, you know what I mean? So I was working a housing unit and these guys are coming back from Chow. And there's a little black guy, and I'm not going to say his name, you know. I don't know who this is. I mean, I just, I'm going to knock people. Anyway, he goes through the metal detector, he sets it off. So I'm with a rookie at the time. I had just hit my ear. So I tell him, hey, man, you got to go back through. So he said, he's kind of mumbling. He's all pissed off. He goes back through, doesn't set it off. As he's going up the stairs, he says something like, I'm going to kill you. So I'm like, okay. So I, I run chow. I let everyone else clear the metal detector, whatever. So then anyway, when Chow ends up or finishes up, my buddy is working the corridor. So he comes down to check on my unit, just a bullshit, you know? So I tell him, hey, V, check this out. This, this inmate, you know him, he's in blah, blah, blah. And he's all, yeah, I know that fool. He was giving me the hard time at Chow. So I was like, oh, oh, really? I said, let's go, let's go see what's up with homeboy then. You know what I mean? And my homie's down, you know? So we told the rookie, hey, sit in the office and just chill. You know what I mean? Take your 15 minutes, eat your lunch, whatever. So we go up, right? We're... I mean, he, he, like I said, he was a Navy dude, tough motherfucker, you know what I mean? We walk up there, and we see his homies, and they're kind of hanging on the rail, and they look over, and they start walking, and this dude goes back in his cell. Well, as he walks back in his cell, I'm thinking to myself, oh, shit. And so I, I take off running towards the cell, and as I say that, he's like, go, 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 because we know he's going to go get a weapon. So he's about 15 feet from us, so I, I'm running. I run right into his cell. He's up on the top bunk. He's trying to reach for a weapon. So when I get in the cell, I fucking just run as fast as I can. I, like a linebacker, I used to be a linebacker. I fucking hit him. And we go crashing into the back wall. And we're fighting. I don't know if he has a shank or what. I'm just beating his last. And my homie V, he hit the body alarm, which is like this little button. And it kind of opens up your mic so you can just talk freely. And so he got everything sorted out with the other inmates. And we were able to. But ever since then, we were youngsters at the time. You know what I mean? So we kind of made our bones, you know. It was cool. Yeah, it's crazy though. You know how it is when when you do like an after action or you've done something like you know, right? It's like you, you when you almost feel like you're gonna die, you just like it takes like almost a day or two to like get over it. You're just like, uh, yeah. I think. I, I mean, mean, I don't have the full ideology of that, you know, but I definitely can understand it and understand that it takes so long. like when serious shit happens at least for me like it takes me forever to really decompress from that and it's just it's just like i don't know it was like deflating a balloon but it takes fucking forever you know no i was just gonna say uh i think again dude it's important to talk about some of that stuff i mean maybe not always all the diesels and everything like that but like it's a shed light on some of these things that really aren't knowledge, like isn't like common knowledge to the regular people like us. You know what I mean? So, yeah, go ahead. Ted. And and then I'm gonna I'm gonna really put it out there because I'm I mean I'm just being honest with you guys. When when you're working for that kind of job, you can't you can't smoke marijuana and you can't self medicate at all. So the only way that people self medicate is is hitting that bottle. You know what I mean? And and it's it gets it gets out of it gets out of control sometimes, and that's why I feel bad for these max get trapped in a horrible life and all they have is that bottle to escape the fucking nightmare that they live in you know what i mean fucking hey, it really is like the military then because everyone hits the fucking bottle i imagine everyone drinks exactly. monsters and fucking dips too yeah I mean, 
Yeah, dip and cigarettes and yeah. Oh man, it's the military six seven four zero. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I I think like the importance too of like bringing this up is people. I think I think people have this idea that people go to prison, you know, because my mom she's a therapist and she works at a prison on Mondays and you know tries to work on people, um, you know, and it just seems like real good criminals like they go there and they get better at being criminals. They don't. You know, maybe there's some success stories, but I feel like, sadly, I feel like from just everything I know, that the majority, it just makes them better criminals whenever they get out, and they don't actually change for the better. I don't know. Have you have you seen like a success story? Like, have you have any anybody come in and like it really did make them better? Because like I'm questioning now the whole prison system in general and what. America, or, you know, the world should do in actually dealing with criminals. You know, as I've kind of said in the previous podcast, I'm on the totalitarian side of just, you know, lining people up and <laughs> dealing with them, you know, because I, you know, there's a lot of money that, you know, goes into public prisons and then private prisons. They seem like a very fucking sketch thing. And it seems like worse things than death might be going on in there on the DL. And because they're private, you know, no one's going to fucking know. So I, I don't know. I was like, I don't know. So I do have a story. It's, I mean, it's not, so most of these guys that go in there and they, they just soak up game, like you said, you know what I mean? They just, they, they get better at figuring out the streets. You know what I mean? They, they, especially in the feds, I feel like most of those guys are, are smarter than like the guys in the state because these fed cases, man, they got, they're, they're moving money all over the world. You know what I mean? Um, but I will say he's, it's not so much of a success story, but there was a, there was an African-American gentleman named us. I'll say his last name uh, starts with an S, but he was a crit from LA. And I, I always just thought this guy was really squared away. He always had a good routine and, he, and, and he had a lot of influence. You know what I mean? When he, when the other inmates would come up to him, they treated him with respect, but he stayed out of the business. You know what I mean? And I think he had put his bones in so much that he was like, they gave him a pass almost, but I mean, this guy would go to the yard, he'd run from one to three, he'd, and then he'd get off from his job, he'd run from five to eight. You know what I mean? He just kept his mind off the politics, which is so easy to get involved in the politics of prison, you know what I mean? So, wow. That's uh, it is interesting. Um, I do want to move us a little more forward um, into a little more in, enveloping topics. Um, I mean, I got, I got two quite well, maybe not. But no, I do got a question. This is also for everyone too, by the way. Like, <clears throat> and Taylor, I haven't asked you this, but um, for everyone here, what is everyone like hoping to do like with themselves? Like what's, I know we kind of briefly talked about it, you know, Bryce and Daniel a little bit kind of here and there, but like, what's, what's the goal here? And I, and I really do want to know from you guys. I think it'd be cool to, you know, talk about here. Like, are you talking about like what we talked about? What we want our tombstones to stay? No, 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 no. no. Like, 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 like uh, in ten years. Yeah, like what are we thinking the next five years or so? What are we trying to do? Daniel, you haven't talked. I'll let you shoot first. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's just not much, much that. Um, I mean, all the questions that I have kind of don't pertain to that. But so I was just letting y'all say your say your piece. But um, what I want to do in five years. I guess that's more of like a short-term goal if anything um i guess pretty much just getting on a stable track of some sort because i i know that's like been i, I know we've already kind of discussed about it a little bit but just like 
trying to find our way onto that path and just trying to figure out what we're trying to do too. So, um, I mean, there's, there's a, like, there's stuff that I'm interested in. I don't really know like how things or all the cards are going to fall and everything, but, um, I mean, any one of those paths seem fun as long as I kind of get to do what I enjoy. So, um, that's pretty much it for, for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The goals would for sure involve something with Japan. Then who knows, maybe the med route still or not. But I mean, I still got to try that out, see if that's something that I'm actually truly interested in or not. Um, or just trying to, yeah, just trying to get my feet under me. So. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie? Yeah, I will say, guys. Go ahead. I will say, guys, you guys are young men, man, and, and you guys have a college education under your belt, and that's something to be fucking hella proud of. Um, when I got in the military at 18, I was looking at fast track. When I got that job in the feds at, at the penitentiary, I thought I was going to retire at 44 and have, you know what I mean? But life sometimes just takes, you know, I wasn't going to sit there and live a miserable life, you know what I mean? So I got out of that quick, you know, but just be happy with, with what you, whatever you guys do, you know what I mean? And there's no pressure. You guys are young men. You guys are smart. I mean, obviously you guys are charismatic. So just don't, don't, don't worry about it too much. You know what I mean? I know life seems like it's kind of a different time. Um, one quick question that I have for you, Taylor, is at any point, did you feel any sort of discouragement or anything when you were trying to figure out kind of like the path that you wanted to take in life? Cause I know a lot of my questions are kind of around that. Cause I'm, I'm curious too. Uh, no, for sure, Dan. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I definitely did. I, I hit a rut where about two years into the penitentiary out, me and the girl I was with had split up and I'm sitting there like, why am I working? Why am I dealing with this? You know what I mean? Why am I subjecting myself to how these dudes are feeling? You know what I mean? Because that dictate, dictated my whole day was how they were feeling, you know? So I went through a couple of years where I was just kind of going through the motions and, and kind of just lost track of and Eddie knows like I kind of I secluded myself from everybody I was like a loner dude and that's just not me I'm a I'm a family-oriented fun dude and I closed off so yeah how I will I will uh, stack on that before <clears throat> we get around is how did you when did you feel like you got some traction back like in that Taylor <clears throat> uh you know what I was, uh, I was always a good, I was always a good correction officer. You know what I mean? I, it's never that my job was lacking. I just, my personal life, I was like, I didn't give a shit. You know what I mean? I, I put too much time inside worrying about not getting my ass handed to me that when I got off, I just, I just wanted to be alone and be by myself and decompress. You know what I mean? Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't know what to say. I, it, just, yeah. I was gonna say so like once you start to feel that you're like all right like we need to we need to move. yeah so oh okay yeah my, that's what sorry. i meant that's so, what i meant yeah I, yeah so i kind of had a realization one day I, I i was in a house unit it was real loud and i was staying 16 hours that day like two hours into my shift they called me and told me i was gonna stay an extra eight they don't they don't ask you by the way they tell you hey you're staying so now i'm two hours into a 16 hour shift and it's I'm in a housing unit where they're just yelling all, I mean, it's every housing unit, they're just yelling all day, playing dominoes. And I kind of just sat there and I went, man, 
I know, you know what I mean? I, I, I know I don't want to do this forever. And I got the GI Bill. I can go back home. I'll figure it out. I just, I can't do this anymore. It's been a fucking thing, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> something I'm curious about, because I feel like, you know, and Eddie and Dale know, because I text her every time, I have a bit of an existential crisis. You know, I come from, you know, more conservative Southern background, and, and like, like one of my best friends, he's been married for a year. I've been to three weddings. Motherfucker, I'm going to a fourth soon. Motherfuckers are that are in my grade, were in my grade in high school or younger, are buying houses. They're getting married, and I, I just feel like, man, I am behind in the fucking game of life. Like I'm 24. I owe the government a shit ton of money from going to school, and I'm nowhere near buying a house or having a girlfriend. And I'm like. What the fuck am I doing? Like, like did you did you feel that way too at twenty four? I mean, yeah, no, for 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 sure. And like I said, I I had a I had a little girlfriend, but they come and go, man. And and when you find the right one, and it's just gonna feel right, you know what I mean. And, and you're not gonna have to even you're not gonna worry about time lost. You're just gonna be like, man, I'm just glad it. You know what I mean. So don't don't sweat it, man. And People in Oklahoma get married at 18 and buy houses by 20, man. Don't trip. <laughs> it's all good. My rock. My rock. <laughs> Don't worry about it, bro. You're all good, bro. You're a good-looking dude, man. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think even more part of that, too, uh, is, like, being a bum, right? Like, you're just like, oh, damn, bro. Just being a bum. So, like, I don't know. How are you feeling now, Taylor? Like, now you're back. I mean, for the most part, dude, you know, you know we obviously hung out a couple weeks ago. Like, how are you feeling, like, back on track and stuff? Yeah, I got a I got a second win, man. It's it feels good. It feels like a blessing. It's just I don't even care. I don't care how people look at me because I don't give a fuck if I'm with these little college, you know, I'm like with these 18, 19 year old kids in college, but they don't know what I've been through, man. I've been through a lot of bullshit. So when I'm in there, man, I'm raising my hand, I'm sitting in the front of the class, I'm enjoying it. So yeah, like I said, I, I I'm I'm embracing this, man. It's like a it's like a new win for me, and it's it's awesome. And like I that's what I'm telling you guys, you guys are like you guys are barely, you guys are kids, man. And no offense to you guys, you guys are grown men, but I'm just saying, you guys got a lot of time. Don't be worried about women and shit. You guys live your life. Be happy, man. Be, you know what I mean? Uh, so where do you go to school, Ted? And what are you studying? So I'm going to Mission College. It's in uh, Santa Clara, California, and I'm, I'm going for business administration, and I'm going to transfer to San Jose State here soon, so. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Dude, I'm actually getting my master's in organizational leadership, which is business administration. So, shit, might have to see each other down the line. Yeah, right on, brother. Sure, Good for you, man. Yeah. Eddie, uh, let's get to you. What What about you in five years? I know five you talk years. a lot about coaching, but yeah, you're not going to be the head coach of the Raiders yet. <laughs> yeah. no, man, I think, um, you know, at that point, I think by then I want to be most of the way through to deciding if I want to be at college or high school and like go from there basically, or like if I want to go even further, uh, you know, I mentioned before, I think the, my mentor, I talked to him and he was just like, you know, it's a lot easier to go into college and coaching and then go back down or go up than it is to try and be at high school and try and move your way up. Basically. Um, I do know a few people that have done that, but like, I mean, it took them a while, obviously. Um, unfortunately, I don't know if I'm quite still on the path to beat uh, Sean McVay to be the youngest guy to coach the Super Bowl, but you know, man, time. I'll get there. I'll get there. So I don't know, five years, probably by then, 
definitely spent a few years at either high school or college or both for sure. And at least be back in the college scene. I think I, I think I need to be by then for sure. And then be done with my masters. Yeah, Can I ask you, Eddie, do you, do you yeah. plan on staying uh, locally in the Bay area or do you plan on, do you plan on getting back to Oregon um, or what do you think? Honestly, I don't, my timetable, like I definitely want to, um, depending on if I get a, a decent, position somewhere around here i think i'd rather go elsewhere um especially because i mean you know dude we're both in california dude it, it kind of blows to live here and pay for this shit yeah it's whack yeah exactly so like you know going back to oregon or or somewhere else would be nice you know it really would i think i think it'd be a good move yeah um i think that yeah that, that's that's kind of something mine. what about you bryce i mean i think i've mentioned it before but yep kind of backstory like me and Eddie were working this job that was really fulfilling and fun, but the burnout in that, I mean, like I was, I was drinking a ton. You know, I was like using that as a crutch to get through days. I mean, like just going to class a little bit sometimes. I mean, it was, I was really struggling through and it finally, you know, decided that I didn't need to do this anymore to be healthy. And now I've kind of gone through this journey because, you know, I was working 80 hour weekends and I wasn't working on, I got like super out of shape and, kind of been on this like long journey of like getting back into shape and that's hence why I'm taking the martial arts classes part of it but the other big thing I found is like you know when I went through I went through basic but I didn't get assigned to a unit because I got fucked over by my recruiter and it's this whole long story that I can tell another time but um you know so something you know it's really embedded me is patriotism and serving so actually I'm gonna my plan is once I finish my master's in one or two years I'm going to re-enlist and looking to go to the 75th. That's what I want to do. I understand that those fuckers are fucking built different. So it may be an 82nd guy. I don't know. But that's kind of that goal. And then after, I feel like once I can feel like I accomplished that mission in my life, I can then move on to hopefully working at Nike or some sort of sports, uh, sporting goods company. But, yeah, that's kind of me. Yeah. Um, I think fun. Huh? So Nike is fun. Yeah, so Nike. Yeah. Um, I think we'll take a take a quick break, go to the bum moment. But when we come back, I mean, if you guys have any more questions, I was thinking just talking about some more of the hobbies, because especially yeah. sports too, because you know Taylor Taylor big sports guy over here. Ooh, ooh, He's got okay. a bet on the Suns right now going on. <laughs> uh, okay. so yeah, Taylor, do you want to kick it off with the bum moment, and we'll get back to it. Yeah, so my bum moment, and I hopefully you guys, is that okay? Is that okay? The one I ran by you earlier, or is that gonna yeah, be? Yeah, man, that's all right. Yeah, 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 dude. Yeah. Uh, so my bum moment is, I just got back into golf. Love golf. Golf's awesome. Get to be outside with the boys. Um, but this is back when I was like, yeah, drink some surveys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Get it cracking. Some ranch water. You know what I mean? Look it up, ranch water. Shout out Ranch Water. Um, but when I was 16, we used to golf at the local municipal Santa Clara Golf and Tennis, but it was cheap if you're a resident. So we'd go out there as kids, you know what I mean? And we'd play the front nine and and just mess around, you know, just be kids, you know, just try to hit the ball far and, and long, which we didn't do. We were just chunking it everywhere. But anyway, so when we got to the seventh hole, it starts to do a little incline. So we were going up these steps and I had just eaten like a little leftover Carl's Jr. So we're going up and we teed off 
And as we're walking, all my all my homies went left. They they all teed off left, and I teed off right. And I was kind of by the sand trap. And as I was walking with my bag, it just hit me. I had to go right then and there. So I went off to the right of the sand trap, and I ended up doing my thing and having to use my my dad's golf cover, driver cover, to uh, clean up the mess, and and ended up leaving it there. So hopefully nobody stumbles upon a a dirty. Uh, <laughs> Dirty driver cover on the seventh hole. Hey man, when when you gotta go, you gotta go. And I know you go. and your brother have had some good stories about that. <laughs> Nothing yeah. like uh, getting caught without toilet paper, man. <laughs> Where's oh. a Raider jersey when you need one? Oh, okay, oh. yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ! Ooh, I'm Fuck. sorry, dog. I love you, cousin. You're my favorite. You mean a Niners jersey, bro, or a Chiefs jersey? Well, you're a 49ers fan. Yeah, I'm a Niners fan. Oh, yeah. hey, hold, yeah, hold on. Yeah, yeah, Taylor, go hey, away, I'll leave if you want me to leave, dog. It's been a good <laughs> <No>. interview. <laughs> uh, I think you're not uh, a Ram fan, are you, or some shit? Or yeah, what? I he am is. A Ram fan. Oh, he's the Ram fan. That's oh, right. Him and my dad were bro. bullshit. Oh, bro. hey. Stafford, huh? Bro. Oh, there it is. There it is. Okay. Hey. Yeah. What can I say now? Hey, I'm impressed. That's all right. Hey, you guys are going to have a good team, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, let's go into sports, baby. Yeah, I'm absolutely. about this. <laughs> For sure. I'm, I thought you were a Raider fan. I did, man, oh. I, I did not remember you saying you were a 49er fan. That's fucking crazy. But, hey, yeah. you got my so, boy, uh, Diamador Lenore. Maybe starting Yeah. Four. Yeah. Stud. Hopefully he wins a job. I mean, I think we got a couple good steals in that draft, and uh, that that safety from USC. Was, I was asking yep. Eddie about Talana that. Huffagano. Yeah. Uh, I watched him at the. He came to SNL in 2017 when he was a senior in high school, and he committed to SC later on. But that was probably the most athletic guy I'd ever seen in person next to Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, that guy. He played court. He played quarterback half of that camp and was outdoing the quarterbacks that were there. It was like, I was like, is there any? I mean, he outdid the receivers that were there. He played linebacker. He outdid the. I mean, everything. He was the number one guy, and it was crushing when he didn't come to Oregon. And it was crushing to see him not develop at SC. I feel like my whole thing with SC is if you go there, you're only going to be as good as when you got there. So I think I'm hoping that he will explode into the NFL scene because that guy had – he was just the most athletic, talented, like knew the game. It was it was crazy talking to him, the little bit I did. Dude was a stud. Absolute stud. Um, hey, why don't you let us know a little bit of why you're a Niner fan and for everyone out there, he's also an A's fan as well. So, like, there's yeah. a dichotomy between the Bay, you know, <laughs> so, so growing up, right? I didn't really have a, I didn't really have a team so much. I was more the guy that struck me from the minute I was a kid, and and I, I was, I was a little. I mean, I'm not gonna bolster myself up, but I was a little stud kid. And Ricky Williams, man, when I saw him run, and I grew up around Ricky Williams when he got to the Dolphins, and it was like run, Ricky, run, and I was, I was sold. I was like, man, that guy is awesome. When I saw 34 run, man, it was over. I was like, man, this guy's, this guy's the real deal. And it just, I was, I used to get Ricky Williams jerseys for Christmas. You know what I mean? I, I wasn't so much a fan. I was a fan of football, but I was a Ricky Williams fan. You know what I mean? And then, uh, it just, 
I, I figured, when am I ever going to see this dude? Except when he goes to the Raiders, and I'm going to have to go with my cousins and my uncle and shit. So, <laughs> might as well just be a Niner, be the hometown team and be a Niner fan. So, and I, I great decision. I love, I'm a diehard. So, do you like Texas too? Since no. you like Ricky Williams? Okay. That's sick. No, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man. Do you have a college team? I mean, growing up in the Bay, I feel like it's weird because the Bay has so much talent and Fresno State's all right, but I'm surprised there's not a USC type powerhouse. I mean, Cal's okay, but there's not a USC type powerhouse with the amount of talent that is in fucking Bay. It's, it's crazy to me. From, for me, I just, uh, like growing up, my dad, my dad does flooring for a living and we used to work up at Stanford hospital a lot. And so not that I, not that that had anything to do with it, but just I think they had some good teams. Stanford had some good teams like Toby Gearhart, and um, you know they had some really solid. Andrew I mean, they, Andrew Luck and David Shaw. I think, and even with Harbaugh, they had some good, great teams. You know what I mean? So they they were a mini powerhouse for a little bit, for sure. And unfortunately, David Shaw hasn't exactly carried that through very well. But it's also hard because. Look, you're Stanford, well, and it's not like everyone's getting into Stanford. You know what I mean? So it is definitely a bit of a, a balancing act. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, I think they give the fewest amount of uh, scholarships out of at least the Pac-12, and I want to say Power Five. They get yeah, like maybe not. 200 offers. Yeah, dude. They're you not. Know? Yeah. And it's like I, the thing I learned too with recruiting is not only do you have to get in, you have to be able to go to school. Like you can't. You know, if you're just skating by to get into Stanford, you're not gonna. There's no way you're surviving the actual class load. Yeah. There's no way. No, exactly. Yeah. That's why it's tough. But I think Kyle's a bit on the rise. I mean, they just they got um our our freaking cornerback safety coach. Yeah, when we took their know. linebacker coach, he's ranked yeah. number three in the nation. So I know, but I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to gas a little bit on uh. Okay, on, uh, you know they do have an Oregon alum. Actually, the I don't know the guy's name, but I know he's an Oregon alum. He's uh, a Musk quarterback. Must. Bill is Muscrace. that the head coach? Yeah, Bill Muscrace. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. Who, by the way, funny enough, not only is he an Oregon alumni, he was actually the OC for the Raiders for a couple of years while Derek, when Derek Carr first got drafted. Of course it was. <laughs> Raiders, <Eddie> Raiders. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Taylor, because obviously how long is this whole Raider thing for him? Like that he brings up, the, you know, we've had – Eddie brings up the Raiders in every conversation. I, I've known him for going on six years now. I don't know. Uh, in every conversation, somehow the Raiders – did you know this guy was actually connected to the Raiders? How long has that been going on? I, I think a yeah. lot of people that know him really want to know. Have you ever met his father, <laughs> Edward II? He's I haven't. Hey, he hasn't really I'll, tell talked you, around me. I'll, I'll tell you this, man. The, the, my, my cousins and my uncle, my deal, who's my godfather, who I love to death, great man, awesome, best man. He, uh, he's been a diehard Raider, and he's a diehard Raider, and he'll always be a diehard Raider, and I think the boys will always be diehard Raiders. That, their kids will always be die. I mean, there will never be anything but Raiders, and I love that. I mean, that's awesome, I think. So. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, – well, I was going to say, Taylor, the other thing, too, is they should take a peek at our group chats when we get going, dude. Oh, my oh, God. We tear each other in your Throw me in. Yeah. Throw me in, man. I'll, I'll save some screenshots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Be that yeah. token Ram fan. <laughs> Hey, oh, actually, I will say, hey, so Daniel, I, yeah. you kind of missed out on the NFL draft episode, unfortunately. Dude, hit us up like a little bit about your Panthers, my guy. Yeah, what the fuck I, are I you guys doing? Bit. Like, and, and also, no, 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 and, and also, like, why you became a you know Panthers fan a little bit. Well, I mean, pretty simple. That's <laughs> that's where I'm from. 
and everything. Um, it actually took a little bit to, I guess, because the biggest, I, I guess the earliest I remember is really finding out about the Panthers is because I used to go to Sam's Club with my parents when the, we used to do grocery shopping and not always see the, the Panthers logo. But for a while, I had no idea what it was. And at the time, I was like real, real little. Um, and once I found out, especially, I, I mean, I guess it just goes for a lot of the North Carolina sports teams in general. Like once I, because you would see their logos like pretty much everywhere. And I, I guess once I found out about them, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. Then I started following them. It also helped that um, at my elementary school, um, Steve Smith's, I think niece or something was in my class it was something like i forgot the exact relation but yeah she, she was in my class which was really cool um but yeah i mean that just kind of started it from there um i don't know it was more of that thing like you know, i wasn't like a diehard fan for a while like they were just there like if i caught a game then yeah i'd support them or whatnot but it, it wasn't until kind of like the later years when i i guess i got more big into football because especially when I was younger in that phase it was definitely more way way more dominated by Auburn um like as like the main that that was it Auburn was every everything like I don't I don't need anything else um I think when I was in elementary school the the Carolina Hurricanes I think won the Stanley Cup or something I know it was a big deal at the time, because uh, one of the teachers there was a um, big Carolina Hurricanes fan. Um, so he, like, that class day, um, yeah, his his class was crazy because he was just straight partying pretty much. Um, yeah, Taylor. Hey, Dan, can I ask you a lot? So a couple of years ago when they played Bo Nix in that first game, is mm. that kind of conflicting for you or oh no not do it i do it the bo nix thing him starting over joey gaywood kind of but if it was who i was rooting for that wasn't conflicting at all not at all like hey bro, oh, this, man, this <laughs> man was born with auburn blood in him so he's yeah no yeah. i just was wondering because i remember watching the game at, at, at eddie's house actually and then they were like this kid bo nix he's a freshman he's gonna start against oregon and we were like oh shit and then he ended up i think you guys won right auburn won no yeah, yeah we did uh, yeah. oregon yeah. lost the game Fuck actually bo yeah, nix right, got lucky. or whatever you guys want to call it yeah i mean well but True but, freshman quarterback too. Oh. Hold on, hold on. But, oh, but Dan, oh. you got to go in a little bit on Bo Nix here. Hey, hey! Out of that game, only one motherfucker's getting drafted in the first round. That's for damn sure. Bo Nix is gonna be lucky if he's a seventh round pick after the fucking career he's had. Um, Fuck, he, he's know, gonna be out the league in three. You're not wrong, but uh, who knows? Maybe we'll turn it around now with a new coach and everything. But. Really not looking pretty. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of the players, when uh, Gus Malazan got fired, were saying it's really not Gus's fault and everything. And of course, you really don't know what goes on inside the program, everything, unless if you're really in there. But from the outside, I mean, same offense, even though like they claim that they've been changing the offense and different coordinators and everything. I mean, it just was getting predictable at that point. 
and it, it just like it's just like you know you need something different like something's not working and I mean provided like Bo Nix with certain decisions definitely didn't help Gus Malazan with some of the stuff because at that point it was definitely on Bo Nix but I mean it, it just ended up being a shit show so hopefully the new change and coaches or something will get things going because like I mean, a lot of the SEC is like that, but especially with Auburn, it's like, you know, like you really have to be up there in the like later end of the seasons and everything, and like anything less than that is just unacceptable, especially in the SEC. So, um, it, and it, it's really ruthless too. There too, with their they they really take their football seriously. Obviously, I heard you got a bet going for the NBA Finals. I I hope you're rooting for the Suns. I am, I am. Yeah, so I got the Suns uh, at towards the middle of the Lakers series when Anthony Davis got hurt. Originally, I wanted to, I wanted to take them at twelve to one to win the Western Conference, but uh, the Peppermill in Reno, Nevada, the casino, they weren't taking it. So they were like, "But we have twelve to one on the Suns to win the whole thing." And me, my father, my grandfather, and my brother all put money on it. So we got the Suns at twelve to one. So we're we're still riding. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. My other question, because you're older, and I feel like this is a great. This tell me everything I need to know really about you. LeBron James or Michael Jordan? Who, in your opinion, is the goat? Well, let's just say I won't be saying seeing Space Jam two. <laughs> LeBron, yes. I'm not, yeah, Michael Jordan all day long, man. It's not even a conversation. I, I mean, I, I, if you guys like LeBron, it's, it's on you guys. But. Yeah, look, I've been at this, I've been at uh, Rennie's bar about three, four different times. I can name with a certain bum I lived with, and we don't go to blows, but I think we're in the the step before that in arguing over who is better because he he will say that LeBron is better than Jordan, and I just I can't comprehend. The argument, I, you know, we've been talking about this in our um, Instagram chat, you know, because obviously Team USA is getting its ass clapped by fucking Nigeria and Australia. And no offense to those countries, but we should be beating the fuck out of them in basketball. It should be 140 to fucking 60. That's what those games should be looking like. I don't care, Eddie. And it's because we've got – the NBA has gotten so fucking soft. It, it, I literally have the hardest time watching basketball because even from fucking 2004, you watch like – some of those older clips, and it's like, what the fuck? Like, LeBron flops for everything. AD flops for everything. Everybody flops. It, it's worse than soccer. I'll say that. Oh, no, 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 no. It okay. is worse than soccer, bro. You, are you kidding me? I've okay, seen Neymar whatever. do 10 barrel rolls because someone stepped on his foot. I watched LeBron not get hit and act like you're a punch in the fucking – he held his eye for 10 minutes. The dude who got his throat slit in the hockey game was got himself up quicker than LeBron who got poked in the eye. I mean, are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Ten minutes? Sorry, Taylor. This is just something that really, like, heats me. Like, no, I love I, basketball, I, but it's so hard for me to watch now. I got you. And the guy that's restoring faith in that, I mean, not that I was a huge basketball guy, but the guy Devin Booker, man, just oh. great stone-cold killer, doing it the right way. I mean, you got to love a guy like I that. You know what I mean? fucking yeah. Yeah, he's a bad man. Yeah, he's a bad man, dude. I'm going to write him at $1,200. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, are, you, are you a soccer guy by chance? 
Uh, not a, not a big soccer guy. No, I'll, I'll watch. Like I watch some of the Euros. I, I I love that kind of shit when it comes to okay. country on country. I love that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was curious. Like Eddie brought up that soccer's gotten soft, but if you watch that fucking USA versus Mexico Hold for on. the. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Finish, finish. Oh, USA versus Mexico. We played them, uh, like, like uh, into June, three weeks yeah. ago, and we beat yeah. them. That was the most, like, intense physical soccer game I'd ever watched. Like, I was actually, I was very impressed with the allow the involvement of the game to play on and how they were letting go. I was like, you can't say that's weaker than basketball. No, no. But my point. point being, though, is even in the Euro, and, and I'll give this to Dan too, and in a Copa America as well, is there people would get, like, kind of touched. Like, I saw a guy get. Not even like just a quick, just like barely even flicking the nose, and the man was on the ground crying like someone dude had just stabbed him. So like that's my point. And then that happens a lot in soccer more than basketball, but I think basketball is still gotten quite soft. And the and the refs itself have allowed that, and it just sucks. But but I will say, and I'll give this to Daniel last thing, they are gonna review some of their uh, refing standards and stuff potentially to cut down a lot of it. Daniel. Yeah, I was just going to say that it really depends on the ref. Um, I wasn't able to catch that U.S.-Mexico game, but I'm guessing the ref was just letting a lot of things play on. Letting it all go. It, it was always funny to me when I was playing soccer. Some some dude would try that shit, and, like, the ref wasn't having any of it. He just looks like an idiot, <laughs> like, doing all that shit, that whole act on the, on the field. And then, meanwhile, he's hurting his team because he's, he's not doing anything. He's not playing. He's just doing his little act over there. So, yeah, I, I was just uh, saying it probably just depends on the ref at that point on some of it. You watch a uh, MMA, Taylor? Oh, yeah. Big, big Dude, big guys, big guys. You, you see Conor McGregor's leg, bro? Yeah, I was going to. Like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. But Dude. I will say – I like I've always liked Dustin Poirier and he goes about it the right way and I think he's doing great stuff or like people. McGregor's a great shit talker and he knows how to get it going. But there's people you gotta leave the wives and shit out of it, man. Come on, man. It's crazy. I think it's all just for the show. I think that's the thing that McGregor brings to the like look, MMA's big, but I think to there's still a large part of America that has no fucking clue about it and or doesn't wanna like get into it. But with Conor McGregor goes fucking on his little tangents and gets his ass beat. For some reason, everybody, even people who don't like MMA, are wanting to watch this shit. That's just been my experience, but... I think it goes to, like, the, the villain mentality, honestly. I think he, and you guys can you guys can definitely correct me if I'm wrong. From what I understand, it seems like he worked his way up, and it was awesome to see him do that. And now he is, you know, up here, and now he... You know, the Batman quote, right? You, you know, you either die here or you live long enough to become the villain, right? And I feel like now he has been in it so long that he's now the villain, basically. Yeah. Which is what I we're mean, seeing. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't like what he said about that uh, Dustin Poirier's wife, but I personally think it's all fucking business and marketing. I think him and Poirier, they just became that much more important in society because he said that. And I think for the sport to grow and for more people to get into it, you know, that kind of has to be the case. I mean, the drama might, you know, push us for it. Well, a couple other things I'm kind of curious about just to get to know you better. So, are you big on the whole Marvel DC thing? Eddie and me are fanatics along with Daniel. Are you into that at all? Or did you kind of miss it? Because 2008, yeah, you, know, you were you were doing, you know, cool shit. And we were watching Marvel yeah. movies. 
No, uh, you know what? I've always, I've always liked the movies. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I just haven't really gotten it. I have friends that are diehard guys that are 20 something year old guys that are buying. I mean, I'm telling you that the whole thing, I, and I don't hate on it at all. You know, I love it. So whatever you're into, you're into. You know what I mean? I just never got into the comics or anything like that. Fair enough. Fair enough. What about uh, Call of Duty? They call that. Oh yeah, Call of Duty. Yeah, I, I probably oh, haven't yeah. had the privilege to play with you guys because. I go like two and thirty and shit. So, bro, I go two and thirty. So, <laughs> you hear? Uh, oh, you want to? Hey, we can link up. We'll go. We'll go four for sixty, dude. Really bring it. Hey, let's do it, baby. Calm down. Really bring I'm some, spray some losses. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not like Battlefield where you can get uh, suppressive fire metals. You know, Battlefield I play yeah. better because you know, spray in the area. You know, you can. That's helping the team, but. No, Eddie and Dave don't carry me, man. We'll we'll go get some Warzone dubs with these two. They'll do all the work. We can just sit in the corner and cheer, you know. <laughs> I, I think I will say, um, and I know Taylor, we've, I mean, we've kind of talked about it and we've done it, but like, so for our cousins and I, I is five of us basically that would hop on. I think it's the coolest thing because they made this like cross platform. And I mean, you, you guys know, and we've talked about it before, like, because there are people that there's no way we'd be able to play with if this, like, I wouldn't be able to play with you, Bryce. Like Daniel could, because he's got, he had both and stuff, but now he's got a PC. So it's like, you know, there are people who never would have been able to play with. And I think, I mean, Taylor, did you feel that as well? I mean, like, that was pretty sick, to be honest. And we've talked about it. I mean, yeah, I was just saying, like, how cool was it to have, like, uh, Call of Duty be cross-platform? Well, it. The best thing ever, man, to be able to, to like, just awesome to be able to play with all my cousins. And you know how it is. You guys, you guys play video games and we don't, am I going to call you and be like, Hey, how was your day, honey, sweetheart? No, that shit ain't going to happen. So we're out there. <laughs> we'll just want to ask about how your day went. Yeah. I, so I think I it's it. cool. Yeah. I think it's cool because any thing that allows you to kind of shoot the shit with the boys yeah, I, you know, I kind of want to tie this back in. I think there's a big stigma with talking. You know, I've dealt with it. I think all of us have, and it's been a big step for us to talk about it on the pod in talking past maybe some mental health issues and just shit like that, especially when you run with a bunch of, you know, we all play football. We all play sports. We're all fucking bros. Like, when you run with crowds like that, it can even be harder as a male to talk about, like, mental health and you know, how you're actually feeling and not, you know, not when you come off a of soft. And so I think any opportunity that allows for, uh, you know, guys to kind of drop that wall maybe is a great thing. Taylor's kind of curious, like, do you, do you feel that way? Do you think like, cause you, I mean, you're a big scary looking motherfucker, you know, like, do you think people maybe are afraid to like have those conversations with you or you've had that issue you know, and breaking down those walls. Because, I mean, you came up in the same time frame we all did. You know, guys, don't fucking cry. Don't be a pussy. Don't bother, you know, ma- male masculinity, this bullshit, and that shit, you know, whatever. Um, oh, it, that's a great question. Absolutely, man. I'll tell you what, like, like I said, I've seen like, halfway through my, my listen, I saw, you know, don't act, don't tell, go away. And, you know, not that I was concerned with that at all, but I feel like like a bunch of, I used to have a bunch of good friends that we would all drink and party and have a good time. And we could talk about everything except for, Hey man, you all right. How's your family life? How, how's this going? How's your lady? How's it? You know what I mean? We just, 
I don't know what it was. We we just always figured everyone was good, and everyone always conducted themselves like they were good. They were good to go. And, oh, hey, I don't need to be asked because I'm hey, I'm on point. You know what I mean? And I feel like I feel like even if a dude's on point, that's even better to ask him because then he'll be like, hey, I'm I'm straight. You don't got to worry about me, but I'm still gonna ask. You know what I mean? So have you noticed like society kind of changing for that to be more acceptable to talk about that since from when say you were 18? Oh, absolutely, man. Even I just started, I'm, I'm a little late. I'm about, what, I got out 2015. I'm just doing my VA claim to get to disability. You know I mean? I've been kind of, kind of a, just avoiding it because I just don't like talking about shit like that. You know what I mean? But you know, they're, they're very much into the mental health issue and it's great, man, because these, old vets before me i mean you guys were just drinking themselves to death and taking everything that they've seen and done to the grave with them and i'm telling you i've even i've even talked to guys that i've been on deployments with and it just it it feels like everything comes off of you when you talk about it you know what i mean so yeah you know i <clears throat> i haven't had the real like combat experience or anything like of that sort but you know, i listen to a lot of podcasts about like these guys that you know tier one operators tier two whatever go and do this shit and it blows my mind how like the, you know the war fighting and that is even what really you know i hate to say like kills off a lot of guys it's like coming home and and it just seems like the ones that say they figured it out it's being able to talk about it. i think it's just really interesting because obviously this horrible shit happens and you don't want to bring it up but it seems like the only way to get past it is to bring it up and to keep telling your story because and it's so important too because like, you know, one person hears that and then it gives them the courage to open up and tell the story. And I, I just, I find it so interesting that, you know, marriage has been, we've been kicking ass and all types of shit since, you know, 1940, 41, you know, we've really been in constant conflict and it's not till 2016, 17 that we're finally like, let's talk about this. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, I think the idea from, again, what I've heard is like, no, civilians don't want to hear this. Other people don't want to hear this. And it's like, now it's like, well, maybe they should hear it, even if they don't want to. Because, you know what I mean? People are out here making these massive sacrifices. The least you can do is fucking listen to their story so they can better heal and become, you know, back incorporated in a normal society. Healthy. It's it's awesome, man, to just be able to. But, but at the same time, I'll tell you guys this, and I don't mean to take you guys all the rest of your time, but. For me, I knew coming home and seeing my friends and, and guys that have never even seen anything, it's hard to talk about that kind of stuff to these guys because it's like you and, and nothing against you guys, but you don't know. You've never been inside a prison. You've never gotten down with me and seen how I, I could be I could be full of shit, but I'm not. But I could be full of shit and be whooping, whooping it up. You know what I mean? So for me, the way I just conducted myself was I was I just held it in. I'd rather talk to people that knew what's up. You know what I mean? I, I think that. <clears throat> Two things. When you're friends with people, I think now, especially now, like you're saying, like when you came back, it was obviously, I mean, even just a couple of years ago, it was already different. But like now I feel like people that come back, they do things, they see things, that things happen to them, whether it's uh, they were deployed and they're in the military or just some shit happened at home. Um, I think it's starting to become more of, you know, being their friend does require that if you want to talk about something, like, like I will listen. And I do like that that's been changing. And I think the other thing too was, um, oh, slipping my mind now. Uh, shit, I don't remember. Rip. You know, Eddie, again, not to compare, 
you know, working for Oregon equipment or being like a coach or anything like that to combat or any of that sort. But I get the ideology because, you know, me and Eddie, you know, we worked together for a year in a very high intense situation. I'm sure he's told you all about it, Taylor, but yeah, there was, there, like, there's some stuff that like only Eddie gets and that he'll tell me. And there's some things that he'll tell me that only I get because you just have to fucking be there because sometimes the shit's so fucking crazy that there's no way to believe it unless you fucking see it. I yes. mean, whenever you have the tight end coach, you know, cussing out in three different languages, no one's going to fucking believe you. That sounds like bullshit. And then, you you know, it helps when you have the person, you know, that's right next to you fucking hears this as well. And it's like, you know what I mean? And like, I can only imagine because, you know what I mean? We, I lasted two years, Eddie lasted a year and we were fucking spent mentally. I mean, we've talked a lot about our road to recovery and getting, Mentally, I can only imagine fucking four years, a probably eighteen month year deployment, maybe two deployments. I, I can't. I mean, I can't, like, say how much respect I have for you and any person that goes downrange, whether it's a combat deployment or not, because the stress and everything that comes with that. I mean, people, you just, I don't know, but I know enough to know that people have no fucking even grasp of the shit that fucking goes down. Even that's not like bullets flying. Like shit goes down. It seems like you know, for some of the people I've talked to, what even if you're a fucking, you know, clerk, like, you know. So I I just wanted to say, you know, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for everything you've done for our country and and the sacrifice. You know, I people I feel like nowadays really don't understand that freedom isn't free and the sacrifice that truly comes with keeping this great country, you know, like it is. And it's like, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of going off my tangent again. But. I mean, out of sight, out of mind, pretty much. Yeah. I was going to say uh, that I remembered was hopefully, you know, along those same lines and talking about this now, I mean, now that we've had Taylor and even your buddy John talked about it too, right? Like, it's no longer trying to be put out of sight, out of mind. It needs to be discussed. We need to be here talking about some of the stuff because I think it's the only way that people will be able to move forward and, and do new things, you know? Like we talked with, with John a little bit too. It was kind of like that culture shift. It's like now we're seeing the culture shift, trying to open up, be more understanding, that kind of thing. Yeah. That way we can I don't know, be more united really in general. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thanks Taylor for being able to talk about it. I mean, yeah, for for me personally dude you barely have talked about it every now and then you'll say things about it but like yeah i mean this is probably the most i've heard you talk about some of the stuff so yeah yeah um, can, I, can i just say can i just say one thing I, I i really like i said in the beginning um when i when i heard that eddie was putting himself out there with a, with a couple of his friends doing a podcast especially all the things that he's gone through with his anxiety you know just stuff that personal struggles you know what i mean um i was like I was beaming, man. I'm like so, so happy for him because it's just great, man. And you never know until you put yourself out there. And then all of a sudden you're like, Hey, that wasn't so bad. You know what I mean? So, but the message you guys sent too is just, I mean, it couldn't be any better. And and that's the reason I was like, you know what? I would love to go on something like that and just get some shit off my chest. My cousin, his homies, they're like, you know, if you're, if you're homies, my cousin, your family, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Absolutely. And I was off that too. I mean, learning things about these two that I didn't ever know before was definitely mind boggling for sure. And, and we're supposed to be like close friends and, and we're not saying that like, <laughs> come on. 
you know, <clears throat> yeah, Eddie, we've had this conversation a thousand times. You know, we knew each other for four years because I've known you since day one of school. And then, you know, that final year we lived together, it was like, you you deal with mental health issues? Yeah. I deal with mental health issues. <laughs> They're almost the same issues? No fucking way. Who would have known? Hey. You know what I mean? Yeah, bro. And it and, was like. And even Daniel, bro, you blew my mind when we were talking yeah. about mental health, too, because I, you, you're so quiet, man. And then you yeah. were just talking about some of that stuff. And I was like, Daniel, my guy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, it's, yeah, but it's it's just good to talk about it, man. Otherwise, uh, you know, you hold on to it, it's not gonna be good. Um, I, mean, I, I was just gonna say, I, I, at the time, a lot of the reason why I did keep some of that in, for the most part, is like I know I mentioned before, I thought I was either a the only one going through it, or it was, you know, a lot of times I kept telling myself, oh, it's definitely the concussions that have put me in this. Like no one else is, you know, really dealing with it, or at least kind of like could relate so i was like you know what I'll, I'll just try and figure out how to deal with it my own way but, yeah. yeah man exactly so yeah. boys you guys got any uh anyone got any more questions any more stuff they yeah. want to ask we're hitting the final thoughts uh, yeah probably hit i mean it doesn't need to be final thoughts yet i was just saying if anyone had any more questions yeah, or like that. i mean taylor i could do a whole two-hour episode i'd love to know you know from <laughs> fucking hitting the met station and all the bullshit that goes down there to you know getting out process but obviously you know i don't want you to talk about stuff you don't want to talk about and two that's a whole another conversation i'm sure because you know i don't know i i feel like every step of the way for me from the small very small amount of time i had the military fucking interesting shit was happening all the time like just all the fucking time and just that one story you told me from your flight i'm just like fuck i gotta know more like for the shit going down. Is it, just curious, is it true you guys don't fire uh, the M16 or M4 or whatever in basic training? Oh, that... we, we do. We did when I was there. I don't know. Oh, okay. Don't know okay, okay. I, they probably don't. They probably have ping pong paddles now or not. <laughs> no. <laughs> I could actually ask my uh, friend about that because he, uh, he actually just recently got done from being in the Air Force. So I could ask yeah. Yeah. You know I mean? But most of the Air Force they ain't they're going to straight to the desk. You know what I mean? They're straight to the floor. <clears throat> good old good old chair force. Gotta love chair them though. Force, Much baby. respect, of course. Lead, lead from the back. <laughs> People look, everybody I've ever heard talk about this, they could do one thing, you know, from the beginning of the career is join the Air Force because you know the bases are nicer. The P you guys can walk on the PT test now, like the fuck? Like it, I don't know. I've heard the walk like eating, It's like <laughs> stay from Ruth Chris. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Right. I, yeah, much respect. I have a buddy going through the CCT pipeline right now. And yeah, he's a hardcore motherfucker. Killer, killer, killer. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah he's killer. a killer. That dude's fucking psycho. I love him to death. Yeah. I trust him with yeah. my life, but never want to be on the other end of that guy. He's a fucking psycho. But... <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of. Yeah. I'd love to get you in on another episode and shoot the shit some more. But yeah, Daniel, Taylor, you guys got any more questions, things to talk about? Um, I don't have any more questions. You good? I'll just say, I'll say one more thing. If you guys are ever in California, specifically in the Bay Area, beers, whatever on me. If you need a place to stay, anything, man. Because you know, hit me up, hit Eddie up, whatever. 
Appreciate it. We'll, we'll get together soon and have some beers and, and really chop it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Run it, oh, yeah. run it back. <laughs> Back to I mean, back. yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all know, like we have conversations off the recording that it's like, look, we want, we'd love to talk about it, but it can't go on the actual podcast episode. So I, I mean, I totally do it. Oh, yeah. right. yeah. All right, boys. All right. Any final thoughts before we uh, end it, end it? I mean, it was just fun listening, to be honest. I know I didn't do that much talking, but a lot of it was just really interesting to just sit and listen to. So, yeah. Taylor, you're a cool fucking guy, dude. Yeah. You've lived an awesome life so far. I'm, I'm so intrigued. And again, thank you so much for your service and sacrifice, man. Yeah. Hey, I uh, will say you guys are some bright men. Fucking the sky is the limit, man. Just keep your head down. Who gives? Don't think about the social norms, man. That's fuck all that shit. Do your thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one thing I was gonna say too before we end it. You know, I for. You know, Bryce and Dana, I think you've seen me talk, obviously, a lot about family and stuff like that. Um, one big thing for us, you know, that house that he mentioned, man, dude, the amount of memories that we have from that place is insane. Um, unreal. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it really is unreal, dude. So, like, you know, whatever, whatever for you guys and for the audience, whatever family, you know, moments or friend moments, I mean, whoever you consider family, like, I mean, I don't know, just look back. And really just appreciate some of those great times, you know. Really do. Uh, there's definitely cherish, a lot of great memories. Cherish them. Yeah, cherish them, man. Yeah. So. Dom definitely appreciates them. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what did you say? I could not let that go. I could not let that go. <laughs> Taylor, you, you on Twitter? Chomping at the bit, huh? <laughs> bro, you see these, like, Dom, these fucking Dom memes they're making, bro? Yeah, Eddie, if you yeah, Eddie, you gotta send him these, bro. Yeah, I can't I'll send him he's gonna fucking die. Yeah. He'll get the reference to Eddie. The day I like the one second. <laughs> I like the Oklahoma, the Oklahoma one there for Bryce. You see the one where? Uh, maybe we'll do oh, this no. off the podcast. Oh, no. yeah, yeah. yeah, let's take this one off. All right, boys. Hey, uh, this <laughs> has been struggling with the bums, uh, with the cousin of the bums, and appreciate everyone listening. Um, you know, hit us up on uh, Instagram, hit us up wherever, you know, um, always willing to listen to lend an ear. Uh, if you guys need any resources, I know before we had a post about mental health, um, feel free to give that a look. Got some good resources on there and whatever else, any stories of family you want to share, any good times. I mean, just hoping to shed a light on people, man, at the end of the day, people. So peace out.